welcome to Thriving as a Physician, the podcast that teaches you to thrive in your weight loss and life while juggling a packed physician schedule, because you deserve to thrive. Each week, I share sustainable, enjoyable tools that work in your busy life so that you can reach all of your goals faster with more confidence. Everything in this podcast is backed by my experience as an obesity medicine physician, years of coaching physicians on weight loss and eating, and my own personal weight loss journey. Let's get thriving. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss for physicians. I am not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace the need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. Welcome to episode 205 of the Thriving as a Physician podcast, How to Lose Weight and Love Your Life. I'm your host, Siobhan Key. Thanks so much for joining me. Today, we are going to talk about eating low carb as a doctor. I'm going to give you my best, most practical tips about how I've been able to do this in my own life because it wasn't always easy, but I've been pretty consistently low carb for quite a few years now. And I remember when I first started like not knowing how the heck I was going to live a life without bread. And I have stumbled and struggled more times than I could count. And so what I've done for you today is gone through and thought, okay, what was it that helped me be successful? What has helped me be much more consistent and stable in my eating so that I can be low carb? Because I know a lot of you listening want to be low carb. You agree with the science of low carb, or at least you're interested in it. And yet you find the consistency hard, just like I used to. So that's why I thought I'd record this episode for you. Just before I get going, this is the last week to enter the podcast giveaway, celebrating the brand new name of the podcast that better reflects everything we do on this, Thriving as a Physician, How to Lose Weight and Love Your Life. You can win a custom Yeti mug and a Lululemon gift certificate. All you need to do is share this podcast episode with somebody or leave a review wherever you listen to this podcast and then email us a screenshot at info at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca. Remember to email the screenshot because otherwise I can't tell who left the reviews. Or tag a friend in one of my posts. You can reach my social media accounts at Dr. Siobhan Key. That's D-R-S-I-O-B-H-A-N-K-E-Y, both on Facebook and Instagram. You can tag somebody in a post or share one of my posts and you will be entered to win. You can also use the hashtag thriving physician podcast when you share the post to make sure that we see it and we know to put your name in the entry. Winner is going to be drawn randomly on October 7th. So make sure you get your entries in. You can enter as many times as you want. And this just really helps this podcast get out to more physicians who need this information. We talk about so many important topics go way beyond weight loss, including burnout and all those sorts of things that we've been covering lately. Physicians need this information. And by sharing with a physician you care about, it's helping get the word out. And I absolutely appreciate it. And I hope that you win the giveaway. All right, let's talk about a weekly tip. Something I have been thinking about and I've been talking about with the physicians inside Thrive Academy a little bit about is the concept of stop making yourself wrong. And this comes from a coach that I've worked a little bit with. Bev Aaron is a life coach. And she talks about whatever happens, she doesn't make herself wrong. 
and she talks about it in a business type concept is where this came up. But I think this is really important in life. There's so many aspects of us as physicians where we spend our life making parts of us wrong, meaning thinking that there's things about us that need to be fixed, should be better, aren't quite good enough, aspects like this. And this really comes into play around weight loss. Like we can make ourselves wrong about our eating. We can make ourselves wrong about how our body looks and our size and our shape. And when we're approaching weight loss from this standpoint, it feels horrible. It feels yucky because it is. Because we're telling ourselves we need to be fixed and we're only good enough once we are fixed. And guess what? Really hard to be consistent with what you're doing when you're telling yourself you're wrong in the first place. Because then when you hit those hard weeks, when you hit the weeks where you're on call, where you get a whole bunch of fit in patients and you end up behind on your notes for the day, all of those things. If you start from the place of assuming there's something wrong with you and you need to be fixed, it's going to be very hard to honor your goal when you're super stressed out in those situations. And so then what happens, right, is we go back to old eating habits. Maybe you overeat. Maybe you have a binge eat if that's something that you struggle with and you make yourself more wrong. You tell yourself you're even more wrong because of what you just did. And that doesn't help you move forward. That holds you back. It gets you stuck. So think about this as you go through the week is where are the places where you're making yourself wrong in your life and also in your weight loss journey? And is it possible if instead of labeling these things as being wrong or needing to be fixed, could you approach them with maybe acceptance, maybe neutrality, and even could you push yourself to approach those parts of you with a little bit of love and compassion? Now, I know that might feel like a stretch for some of you, and that's okay. We just haven't had practice. That's why it feels awkward. But I can tell you, losing weight and trying to stick to your eating consistently, and that's what we're going to be talking about in today's episode, is so much easier if you're not doing it to fix a horrible defect you see in yourself. If you're making these changes because you actually care about yourself and you like yourself and you want other things for yourself as well, that starts to be a lot easier to build that consistency. And it's something we work a ton on inside Thrive Academy for Physicians with the physicians in there because we as physicians are very hard on ourselves. We are masters of delayed gratification, thinking that we can like ourselves, we can be happy at some future point. And guess what? A future point may never come unless we decide it's now. The goalpost keeps getting moved. If you think happiness and liking yourself and being kind to yourself comes at a certain goal, that goalpost is just going to keep getting moved. It's like the Charlie Brown football. (laughs) It's going to get yanked out of your way as soon as you think that you're almost there. Because that's what our brains do. Because the problem isn't a problem with you. The problem is just our brains and our perception and how we've been taught to perceive ourselves. So as you go through this week, Work on not making yourself wrong. Notice where your brain wants to make yourself wrong and question it. Could I think differently about this? All right. Love to hear what comes up for you with that. You can send me an email info at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca. I would love to hear because this is deep stuff. It's a short little weekly tip, but it's some deep stuff if you start playing with it. I love it. Anything that makes you feel better about yourself, man, it is so worthwhile doing. Okay. 
let's talk low carb eating. Like I said at the beginning, I was not always consistent with low carb eating. I had huge swings in my lower carb eating and I struggled a lot. And that's why I wanted to record this episode because I know a lot of you guys are in the same boat. So when I very first got introduced to lower carb eating as an option for me, it was a little mind blowing because I had been introduced to lower carb eating concepts in medical school, but I would say that they were fairly biased and fairly negative (laughs) because when I went to medical school, the Atkins diet was having a resurgence. And so we were taught in medical school that it was horrible and it was going to kill your kidneys and a bunch of stuff that isn't true and isn't science-based. So I came to lower carb eating with a bit of a negative bias, like I think a lot of us physicians do. It's getting much, much more widely accepted in the medical community than it once was, but it's not something we get started training with, or those of us who've been in practice for a while at least. I remember when I first started eating low carb, it was like this little secret I had to keep from my other doctor friends. I have another friend where she was eating low carb in the low carb physician groups and it was kind of like this secret society you're in that you didn't really want to tell anybody about because you didn't want to have to justify that, no, you weren't killing yourself with (laughs) eating too much fat and things like that. And it's changed a lot. And uh, I think it's a lot more acceptable and it's a lot more widespread, which is great, but that doesn't always mean it's easy to be consistent in your own life. So when I first started eating low carb, it was suggested I'd hired a weight loss coach, not a physician, but just a weight loss coach because I was so desperate to lose weight. And in particular, I was desperate to understand why I couldn't stop eating the French fries. As you've all heard me talk about the Wendy's French fries, I couldn't figure it out. I was sitting there. I'm a doctor. I am smart. (laughs) I know so much about this. I know exactly what these fries are doing to me. Why can't I stop eating them? Why can't I stop going there? I couldn't figure it out. So I searched. And at that time, this was a lot of years ago, I actually searched to see if I could find somebody who understood what it was like to be a doctor. And I couldn't find anybody that offered these services specifically to doctors. So I hired a non-physician coach. And one of the benefits that she offered to me was introducing me to lower carb eating and letting me see that, yes, this actually works for my body. And so I remember thinking, okay, so if I'm not eating bread and I'm not eating cereal, and I'm not having rice or pasta, what do I eat? And it was like a big learning curve. It was kind of similar to when you go into a country that you don't speak the language. And like now it's easier because our phones translate for us. But before, when you're like, okay, I want to accomplish this simple thing. How do I actually figure out how to do it in this country where I don't speak the language and most people don't speak my language? It's like that feeling when you switch to lower carb eating initially, because in the North American way of eating, carbs are embedded into everything that we eat. And so it's a huge learning curve. And it took me quite a while. Like I remember going to restaurants and being like, how do I eat low carb? And I remember one time I ordered a meal and I think I got a salad instead of fries, but I still got a pita bread and when she was going through the things I'd eaten, she's like, well, that's still a lot of carbs. And I was like, really? I thought I'd done well. (laughs) It was all learning, right? I didn't know. And that lasted about six weeks that first time. And then I went back to my old way of eating. And some of the tips I'm going to tell you is going to help you understand why and why that might be happening to you. The next time I 
kind of really settled back consistently low carb was in, I can't remember the year now, I'd gone to an obesity medicine conference. And basically during the conference, almost every talk was about low carb eating. Even the one that was supposed to be like pro-con of low carb eating ultimately was supporting some version of a lower carb eating, maybe just not full keto, but like whole foods, minimized processed carbohydrates and things like that. And so I remember I came home and I said to my husband, you know what, I think we actually should be doing this. Like, I think the science supports us. And especially my husband has type one variant diabetes. And I said, you know, I think it makes sense for you if our family just isn't eating carbohydrates very often, because it doesn't make sense to be just eating things just for the sake of eating carbohydrates and then needing to manage it with insulin. So starting around then, we got much more consistent, but still not perfect. And I would say I'm still, I'm not perfect because I never will be, nor do I want to be. I've come to the comfortable place where in general, I eat quite low carb, but at times I choose to eat carbs because in my life and how I picture my life going forward, it will occasionally include carbs. Now, what I found over the years of doing this is the amount of carbs I eat, the amount of carbs I crave, even the amount of like low carb replacement stuff that I do is way less now than it once was. And I actually kind of like the carbs a little less than I once did. Well, maybe a lot less because I would say once I used to be like, when can I eat bread again? And would get so excited about it. And especially if it came to the table warm and with some butter beside it at a restaurant, I would be like all over that. And now I'm like, yeah, we're okay. We don't eat the bread or I can sit and watch friends eat it and truly not be bothered by it. And that's a big change, but I'm going to share with you my tips about how that happened. Now, number one, and I didn't actually put this into my tips, but I think this is important is I gave myself permission to let my lower carb eating be my lower carb eating. And what I mean by that is I remember initially I was pretty hung up in definitions like okay, if I'm keto, I should be this many grams and all these different things. And okay, I guess I should be counting macros. I guess I should be doing this. And it was overwhelming. And I couldn't have the brain span to focus on it during busy weeks as physicians. And so I was never successful in counting macros. I would do it for a little bit. It helped a bit educationally where I'm like, okay, I started to understand which foods were higher carbs or not. But I was never able to do it consistently where I'd be like, yeah, I'll just do that for the rest of my life. And coming back to making yourself wrong, what I was talking about at the beginning is, so then I'd beat myself up about it, right? And be like, look at you, you can't even count macros. How are you going to be successful? And this is a really important point is the way I was successful is I started to design my low carb eating around things like that, that, okay, I know I don't want to have to count macros. How am I going to make this work? I know that I occasionally will want to eat carbs. How am I going to make that work? What would that need to look like? And that's actually what I help. I developed something called an eating blueprint approach to eating, which is what I teach inside Thrive Academy. And I help the physicians in there learn that. And I don't teach, tell them what they should eat because like I've talked about, it doesn't usually work. It didn't work in my life for people to tell me what I could eat. It worked for that six weeks when I had that coach and it was very directive. but. At the end of the six weeks, I just stopped paying her and stopped following it because I didn't want to be told what to eat. And I didn't want to feel like I was failing because I wasn't eating exactly what I'd been told to eat. There's so much in this 
where we need to take ownership and empower ourselves in the food decisions. That's where you find your success. You find your success by empowering yourself and accepting yourself the way you are and making your version of whatever way you're planning on eating yours, your personal version, not following somebody else's rules, not making sure you're getting checky boxes, some, some mystical place, but a version that works in your life. That's what it takes to lose weight and keep it off is the way you approach it has to be custom designed for you, your preferences and your life. So it works on your busiest of weeks. So that's an extra bonus tip for you because I put it in my notes, but make it yours, whatever you're doing, make it yours. You know, if you're eating vegetarian and you also want to have some version of low carb, it's going to look different because all of your protein sources have carbohydrates in them. So it's going to look different. So figure out what you think it'll look like for you and what you think will be sustainable for you. Okay, let's talk about why low carb. So if anybody you're listening and you're like, well, should I eat low carb? I'm not sure. So the whole theory behind low carb and why it works for weight loss is the insulin theory. So insulin helps our body regulate blood sugar. We all know that as physicians, but there's a couple other pieces of it that I think we forget after med school. And I know I had forgotten when I relearned this, I'm like, oh, right. How could I not remember that? So insulin helps lower your blood sugar by moving it into cells or moving it into muscle and liver in the form of glycogen. Its priority is making sure that your blood sugars are not elevated. And it's limited in how big of a place we have in our bodies to store sugars. So storing sugar in cells and glycogen, there's a limited volume of space for that. So if there's blood sugar in your system, and there is anytime you're eating any starches and any sugar, including high fiber, brown, whole grain type carbs, they still ultimately create blood sugar. So if there's blood sugar in your system, your insulin levels go up. Your insulin is focused on managing the blood sugars and it wants to burn as much of that blood sugar as possible because it can't store a ton of it. So at the same time, it blocks lipolysis. It blocks breakdown of your fat. So you're focused on burning the sugar that's in the system and then store whatever's left. And if there's extra than what can be stored in the cells or as glycogen, it gets converted to fat and put into your adipose tissue. Okay, so in a standard North American diet, when we're eating a lot of starches and sugars, we're always in the state of being mainly carbohydrate burning. So we're burning sugar as our main fuel and we're blocking fat burning. We're blocking the breakdown of our fat tissue. And if we happen to have a slightly bigger meal where there's more food energy than what we can burn, then the extra of that food meal ends up getting converted to adipose tissue and going into your fat cells. So you can see why if you've ever like been trying to lose weight eating low fat and it just feels like the fat doesn't move off your body, this gives a good explanation as to why. And it makes sense. So when we eat low carb, ideally what we're trying to do is lower the load of blood sugar in your body and lower your insulin levels. Because if the load of blood sugar coming in is lower, we don't need as much insulin to try to store it. That ultimately shifts the metabolism, the preferred fuel in your system over to fat because you don't have this huge amount of excess sugar that needs to be burned. Your body is able to break down fat cells and use some of your free fatty acids for fuel. Then you can become what's called fat adapted, 
where you build machinery within your cells to better use those fatty acids as fuel and you start burning fat more easily than when you're constantly eating starches and sugars. And fat adaptation is quite nice when you reach it. A lot of the benefits people talk about lower carb eating is once you hit that state of fat adaptation, because you are burning fat for fuel and we always have fat on us, even if you're very thin, you still have a lot of adipose tissue on you normally. What that means is that there's always fuel around. And so the benefits of eating low carb, and I'm speaking mainly from a personal experience standpoint here, but also working with a lot of people that eat low carb in my obesity medicine group. But the benefits are once you hit that fat adaptation, you have more energy. You're not always on the roller coaster of like, I ate, now my blood sugars are dropping and I'm getting the like 2 p.m. slump. That goes away. Your appetite is more stable. I used to get hangry and like panicky hangry if I was late getting lunch. And it doesn't happen anymore. If I'm eating low carb consistently and I miss lunch, it's no big deal. I can keep going. I may feel a slight hunger, but it's nothing like it. If I do have times where I've eaten a bit more carbs, my hunger in the morning is uncomfortable. It's like this nauseated punch in the stomach hunger because the hunger experience is different when I'm eating carbs than when I'm not eating carbs. And so it's really interesting to experience both and understand the differences in your own body. And then fewer cravings. I remember thinking... Like when I started to be more consistent with the lower carb, I was like, you know, a lot of the things I used to think were wrong with me about how my brain approached food and a lot of the food cravings I had, they weren't actually a problem with me. They were coming from the food I was eating. They were there because of the food and created by the constant carbohydrate eating. Eating more processed carbs makes you crave more processed carbs. Eating more sugar makes you crave more sugar. It changes what your brain is looking to for food. And when I cut them out and I got through those initial days of feeling a bit uncomfortable by not having those foods around, I realized my brain was totally different about food. And that was really powerful in helping me reach my weight loss goal. Okay, let's talk about success tips. So how do you do it? What is it that works? And how do you do it as a busy physician? Because all of these tips that I'm giving you are time tested in my life. Running around, balancing office, call, kids, the whole nine yards. I had to figure out ways to make it work, even during those really busy weeks, even when I was sleep deprived because I'd been up on call. And so all of these tips are tested in that way. So you know that they're going to work. So number one is acceptance. There's a big piece of just accepting. If you think lower carb eating is going to work for you, accepting that you have a body that lower carb eating just works better for. And I remember there was one specific day. I remember exactly where I was in my car driving to work where I realized in order to be successful with my weight loss, I would just have to accept that I was never going to be eating a standard North American diet. I had to accept that What I was taught was normal eating was not normal for me and it didn't work for me. And that acknowledgement was freeing because I think I'd spend a long time thinking, okay, I'm going to try low carb. It seems to work, but really, really, I should be able to eat everything in moderation, right? Because that's what we were all taught. And I just decided to reject that belief. I decided it wasn't serving me. 
And it's helped a lot in building the consistency. There's no reason that I should eat a standard North American diet. I don't think there's a reason for anybody to eat a standard North American diet unless it really works for their body. So acceptance, acceptance of where your body is, acceptance of what you're wanting to do with your eating and accepting that it's okay and it doesn't have to look like other people's eating. That's huge. Number two, recognize where the pull for certain foods come from. Now, this is a big topic and I could probably talk for an hour on this, but really when we boil it down, the foods that we love and we feel really pulled towards are that tempting because of the thoughts we have about them. So my whole Wendy's French fry thing, those were so tempting because I had a whole lot of thoughts about how amazing they were and how much of a reward they were after a hard day at work and how delicious they would taste. And here's the interesting thing. They didn't always taste as delicious as I thought they did, but because I had the thought that they would taste so delicious, I kept going back for more. And at the same time, I was being kind of mean to the foods I was telling myself I should be eating, like a salad. I was saying horrible things about that salad, saying things you would never say to a friend about that salad. And so, of course, I didn't want the salad. Of course, I wanted the bread. And so then I'd be over there eating a salad, dreaming of bread. And if you catch yourself doing that, if you're eating one thing, dreaming of another, that's not going to be long-term sustainable. And that's not a food issue. That's a thought issue. That just means you need to work on your thoughts about certain foods, the foods you want to be eating to manage your weight. You need to think nice thoughts about them. The foods that you want to reduce in your life and you don't want to feel powerless in front of, you need to work on thoughts that let you take the power back from that food. You don't want to think thoughts that make that food seem irresistible. It's only a food. You want to think about it in a way where you feel empowered around that food, where if you decide to eat it, totally fine, you can do that. But also you can decide not to eat and be totally fine. And that comes from thoughts. It doesn't come from the food. So if you're feeling like you're getting bored with food or you'd only be happy if you're eating a certain food, that's coming from thoughts and you can choose if you want to keep those. It's not coming from the food. Okay, number three, commit to finding foods you like. And yes, they do exist. So this kind of touches on the boredom thing. I hear this a fair bit from people of, okay, I'm eating low carbon and getting really bored with the food. And you know what is really good to ask yourself? If I was eating pizza like three nights a week in my old life, would I have gotten bored with pizza? I can tell you, no, <laughs> I would not have been bored with pizza. And maybe there were weeks where I did that. I don't know. But it's interesting how our brain, when we're working on weight loss, will tell us that we're bored and that the food needs to be more interesting. And yet, if you really look at the food you're craving, it's generally not particularly interesting. It's not like it's super exciting, super edgy. Like chips, yes, tasty, are not exciting or interesting. They're only exciting or interesting because we have thoughts about them being exciting or interesting. At the core of them, they're very basic compared to like a really good salad. So commit to finding the foods that you're going to like. Like I said at the beginning, eating low carb, if you haven't done it before, it's a learning curve. We are so used to everything having carbs. It's going to take you time to figure out what are the replacements? What are the alternatives? What are your go-tos when you do want a little bit of comfort food 
that maybe don't have carbs? What if you want a bit of dessert? What are some of your go-tos for that? All of these things come with time and you will find them, but it comes from a place of believing that there are options out there that you're going to like. If you're sitting there thinking all of the low carb options are boring, I'm not going to like any of it. The only thing that would be good is eating something with carbs in it. Well, you're not going to find the things that you will like and that will help you do this long term. So get creative, get interested, take it as a challenge upon yourself of like, what could I find that's going to work for me for low carb? If I really like this and I'm missing this food, what alternative might scratch that itch for me and how can I create it? Um, Let it be simple. I talked about this a bit at the beginning in my own story. We get really like when we're making changes, we want to make it hard on ourselves. Let it be simple. Be like from the foods I already am eating and I'm already used to cooking. How can I just let it be simple and just let it be no big deal to shift it to being a lower carb option? If you want to be tracking your food, how can you let it be simple? I've created in for my members of Thrive Academy, I've created a custom planner where you can track your food, but it is like the most simplest way to track your food. So it takes you literally like maybe two minutes in a day to track your food because that's the only way I have time to do it. If it's more involved, if it involves me taking out of my phone, I don't get it done. That's just like I said at the beginning, that's me and my brain. And instead of fighting it, work with it and be like, okay, what areas need to be simpler? And then how do I create it and make it simpler? There is always a solution that will work for you. There is always a solution that is going to work in your life. But you have to start by believing that that's true and then actively looking for it. And being willing to try stuff that maybe won't work right away. That's okay. That happens anytime you're learning something new. You're not going to be perfect right out of the gate. That's okay. Number five, learn from the times where you eat carbs. Coming back to that perfection thing, you're not going to be perfect right out of the gate. There will be times where you're like, oh, I got this. You know, it's been weeks since I had any carbs. I'm never going to eat another carb again. I'm not even interested in them. And then (laughs) you find yourself having, you know, that one. And then like a week later, you're like, I'm eating all the carbs again. What the heck? It's okay. Nothing went wrong. Our brains are really good at going back to old habits. It's okay. But learn from it and be like, okay, what was it? What happened that time? that tripped me up, that got me back to eating carbs. And, you know, you really want to talk to yourself and be like, what do I want? Like, do I want it to be where I don't eat any carbs? For some people that works. Or do I want to really work on that skill of if I do choose something with carbs in it as a special thing, just getting back to the lower carb eating right away instead of that one carb ending up where it's like a week of eating carbs before I catch myself again, or maybe even more, right? And so really look at it and be like, okay, this is how this one went, but how do I want to go in the future? What are the gaps? What are the skills I need to work on here? What do I need to learn? What could I do differently? Another place of paying attention when you do eat carbs, I really love paying attention to what happens when you go back to your lower carb eating. Often we'll delay it because we're like, oh, I'm going to feel so horrible and it's going to be hard and we'll have all these thoughts. But if you start recording what actually happens and you've got the facts, because it's predictable each time you, if you've been eating more carbs, each time you go back to eating low carb, you'll probably have predictable experience where, you know, maybe you get some headaches, maybe you get some cravings the first day, but record that and make a note of it so that when you're sitting there 
having gone back to old habits and you're like, okay, I should get back to that lower carb eating because I want to do that. You'd be like, okay, well, I'm going to get going. And I know that day one, this is going to happen. I know I need to focus on drinking a lot of fluid this day. I know that if I get headaches, this is how I'm going to manage them, which by the way, drink more fluid and have more electrolytes, like have broth or I use like an electrolyte tablet because it's often just fluid shifts when your insulin levels go low, you diarrhea more. But really take it like um like gather scientific data in your own body of what your experience is like so that you've got that information for the next time because you'll forget it. I promise you <laughs> it needs to be written down so that you're like, okay, this is predictable. And I know by day three or four or whichever day it is for you, I'm going to be feeling fine and I'll have my energy back and the cravings will be gone and it's no big deal. So learn from the times where you eat carbs. Don't beat yourself up because that blocks you from learning. It is a normal human experience if you're eating low carb in our North American world that sometimes you're going to eat carbs probably. And nothing's gone wrong unless you make it mean that something's gone wrong. So learn from it instead. Okay, number six, work on deciding that your lower carb eating is your normal. This has been really, really powerful for me. When I first started eating low carb, it was like my diet that I had to get back to. And that feels hard when you're like, okay, I went back to my normal eating and now I have to get back on my diet. That feels hard. When I started to shift the conversation and be like, I ate food I don't normally eat and now I need to get back to my normal, that feels much easier. It's a, you know, a totally different definition, but it changes how your brain's approaching the food. So I normally eat low carb and sometimes I make choices to eat food that isn't low carb and then I just get back to my normal. Notice how that's different than thinking of it, I have to get back on my diet. And the reality is if you're using lower carb eating to manage your weight long term, is it is your normal. It has to be your normal. It's not short term. It works. We know it's a very good therapeutic approach to eating, but it works while you're doing it just like any other therapeutic approach, right? Medications work while you're taking them. We don't expect an antihypertensive to work and cure the hypertension when a patient stops taking the medication. So if lower carb eating works for you, then it works while you're doing it. It is your normal. It needs to be your normal for you to lose weight and keep it off. So get back to your normal. Okay, so summarizing those tips. Number one, acceptance. If you're going to eat this way, accept it. Accept that it's going to look different than other people. Number two, recognize where the pull for certain foods comes from. Number three, commit to finding foods that you like. And yes, they exist. Number four, let it be simple. Anytime your brain wants to get confused and feel overwhelmed, let it be simple. Number five, learn from the times that you do eat carbs. And number six, decide that the lower carb eating is your normal and talk to yourself about it in that way. All right, I hope that these really help you in building consistency in your lower carb eating. You honestly can use these tips for any approach of eating that you're using because when I look at them, there's not too many that are really specifically low carb. So use them as you find that they're helpful. And if you are loving this podcast, please share it with another physician and also make sure you've hit that follow button wherever you're listening so that you get all the new episodes as soon as they're released. And I would love it if you would take the time to leave a review. Right now, if you leave the review before October 7th, 2022, you'll be entered into a giveaway to win a custom Yeti mug and a Lululemon gift card. 
And all you need to do is leave the review and then send a screenshot to info at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca. All right. Have a fantastic day, guys. We'll talk to you later. Bye.